Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Well, if you turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 22. Verse 22 of 1 Peter. Um... As we've been looking at 1 Peter so far, it reminds us that we live in a hostile world. And we have been in this hostile world ever since Genesis 3. When, when Adam and Eve sinned, it brought into the world sin, it brought into the world sickness, death, disease, all of those things. And one of the things that it brought into the world, uh, you know, um, it told... It tells us in Genesis chapter 3 in that curse that there'll be a kind of a hostility between men and women too, right? Uh, that uh, your, your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. And so there's a distortion of relationship there between man and woman. And more broadly, there's a distortion of a relationship between people in general as well. And, and, and all of that is a consequence of the fall. And we can look at our world today and see how divided we are. Look at our own country and see how divided we are. And what's really sad is when we look on Facebook or Twitter and we see the, how divided even believers are from one another. How, how divided even, even believers are calling one another all kinds of, of things, saying, well, you guys aren't really being faithful to Jesus. No, you really aren't being faithful to Jesus. And, and, and it's... And, and some, there, there may be some truth behind some of that, but at the same time, it's, it's a sad, sad state of affairs to see that kind of division among believers. In the scripture text we're going to look at tonight, um, Peter is telling us that in the midst of this hostile world, one of the things that needs to mark our lives is that we love one another. That we love one another. We don't want the outside world that's hostile to believers anyway to look at us and just see a bunch of fighting going on. We want them to see people who love each other. Jesus said they would know that we're Christians by our love for one another. And, and here he grounds that love that we have for one another in the fact that we've been made a new family. We've been born again. He's, he's caused us to be born again, just like he said earlier. And because of that new birth, we're now brothers and sisters in Christ, and we need to get along like a family that functions well. <laughs> and sometimes we function more like a dysfunctional family. And, and, and we get on to one another, and we just can't get along with one another. But Jesus wants us to live in harmony and in love with one another as believers. Let's look at our text. Verse 22 says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. 
And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for the gospel that was preached to us. Lord, we are so thankful that you caused us to be born again, that you, that you used your word in our hearts, that you brought us new life, that you've, you've, you've made us a new family, that you've adopted us as your own. And Father, we pray that, Lord, you would use your word in our hearts now. Uh, Lord, that you would stir up within our hearts a love for one another that can only come from you. And Father, give me grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Begins, as we see it in our English text, it begins, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. Now, um, notice there isn't a... a um, if you look at that, it's, it's a de dependent clause. You know, if you, if you know anything about English... It's a dependent clause. It just doesn't stand on its own. And you need to get to that main verb. Um, here the grammarian is coming out. You need, we need to get to the main verb. What is the first thing he's really telling us to do? And the first thing he's really telling us to do is love one another earnestly from a pure heart. That's the, that's the main thing he's trying to get across. Um, we are, as believers, and he's speaking to believers... He's speaking to, he's not, I mean, yes, we ought to love our neighbor, we ought to love our enemies. Yes, Jesus calls us to those things. But here in this text, he's talking to believers. And, and we ought to have a love for our fellow believers that's special and unique and in a different way than we love our enemies, right? In a different way than we, than we, we love just those other, uh, the people in the community that are not brothers and sisters with us in Christ. He says, love one another earnestly, really with feeling. I mean, sometimes we just come to church and we do our thing, right? Sometimes we just come to church, we sit down, we hear the sermon, but we don't have contact with each other in the midst of the week, do we? And it's hard to love one another when all we see of one another is just on Sundays. And, and, and that's become more difficult here in the context of COVID, isn't it? Because we're on purpose distancing ourselves from one another, aren't we? And that makes it more difficult. That makes it a bigger challenge. Another factor is, how can a person who professes to be a believer be in obedience to this text and all the church context that they get, all the church context that they get in their lives, is just watching a TV preacher or listening to a podcast on the radio or, or, or not the radio <laughs> listening to a, a preacher on the radio or a podcast on the internet it, you can't obey the scripture that he's calling us to if you never have contact with other believers outside of your own family and so that I think this is a text that tells us if we're to love one another fervently it's also a text that tells us we need to have time in one another's lives beyond just, hi, how are you doing? We need to have time in one another's lives. Um, and this is hard. And sometimes it's painful. Sometimes, um, because we're all sinners, 
Sometimes we might say something that offends someone and, and we just have to work those things out because we're a family. And, and you can't just not be family anymore because you get, a, get into a disagreement. Maybe you got family members you'd like to not be family with anymore. But the, the family that God has brought us into is a family that, that is enduring. It is imperishable like this text tell, tells us. And, and we've got to work through those issues and, and get to resolve those things and love one another. And it doesn't tell us just tolerate one another either. It doesn't say, well, tolerate people. No, it tells us love one another earnestly from a pure heart, a sincere heart. Not, not trying to put on a fake mask and, and look like we're loving one another, but really, really, sincerely loving one another. This is a high standard, isn't it? It's a high, high, high standard. It's something we cannot do without the power of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit living in our lives. It's impossible for a natural human being to do the kind of love that He's calling us to apart from the new birth that comes from faith in Jesus. Now I'm going to back up. Having purified your souls by an obedience, by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. Now, this I said was contingent. It's, it's, it's dependent upon this other command that we've already looked at. Love one another. Well, it's saying having done it. It's something we've already done. In order to be able to love one another fervently like this text is calling us to, we have to have already purified our souls. Okay? We have to have already purified our souls. And we could take this wrong if we don't move on to the next two words. Okay? We can think by purifying our souls, we just have to be really good. Right? We can, we can think we, uh, but to purify our souls, we just have to abstain from living like the world. Right? But here it says, having purified your souls by obedience to the truth. Obedience to the truth. This is what I think Paul calls the obedience to faith. Uh, the obedience of faith. Um, when, we, when it says here, we're, we've been obedient to the truth, it's we believed it. We believed the truth. And when, when the Word of God came to us, when we, when we heard the voice of the shepherd speaking to us, and we believed it, it, it then, then He gave us new life. He caused us to be born again. He purified our souls. He, it's, it's all the work of God here. Having purified your souls, not something we can do on our own, but having purified our souls by our obedience to the truth for a sincere love of the brethren. One of the reasons why God saved us. One of the reasons why He caused us to be born again into a new family is for a sincere love of the brethren. It's something that's impossible without the new birth in our lives. We can't do it. But He's saved us. He's brought us into His family. He's adopted us as His own for a sincere love of the brethren. It's a purpose. It's an end. He has done all this not only 
so that we individually could be saved, not only so that we individually could have our sins forgiven, but so that God could create a community of people who are His children who love one another. That was the end in mind that this text tells us He had. God has done this. He's purified our soul. He's washed us clean through our faith in Him, the obedience to the truth, all for the purpose of creating a community that loves one another with sincere love. You've met people who don't have sincere love, right? You've met people who you can tell by the way the, the, their face has always got a smile on it all the time, no matter what, that maybe there's something that deep down is being hidden. Because I don't think this, this sincere brotherly love is, is a brotherly love that means that everything is all hunky-dory all the time. But this sincere brotherly love is the kind of love that endures and goes through the trials and tribulations together. That doesn't give up when we face hard times. That's all verse one, uh, the first verse we've looked at. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since... Now in this word since, again, we're giving a re we have a reason. We have a reason. Since you've been born again. The basis here on which that we are able to have this kind of sincere brotherly love for one another, that's an earnest love for one another, is the fact that we've been born again. He's made us new creatures in Christ. He is, he's, 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 he's brought us from death into life. We're, we've, we're brand new. Because of that, then we ought to live in this reality of, of loving one another fervently with a sincere brotherly love. And a, 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 um, a, another factor in this, the fact that we've been born again, means that we're brothers and sisters. We've all been, if we're believers in Jesus, if we've trusted in Him, He's caused us to be born again, and we're a new family now. Because of that, we are to love one another fervently from a pure heart. And, and He says, since you've, been since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Through the living and abiding Word of God. Now, we've, we've had this word perishable and imperishable a couple of times already as we've gone through 1 Peter. Remember, I talked about the piece of fruit, right? Piece of, a peach, a nice, juicy peach that's just wonderful. I love those things. And, and, and uh, it's just nice and sweet and juicy and you just can't wait to get home and eat another one, right? <laughs> but... It sits out on the counter for a little while, and I've noticed this season, before they start getting worms or anything, they start getting a little wrinkly, right? They, they start getting a little wrinkly, and, 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 and you open it up, and it's got spots on it. We've been noticing some, some mold growing on the bottom of a couple of them, and they're perishable. Well, here it's saying, we've been born again, not of perishable seed. Now, 
How is a person naturally born? We're, we're naturally born with a father and mother. I'm going to get into a little biology here, kids, okay? With a father and mother who come together, and the Bible talks about it often. There is a seed, okay? I'm going to be a little bit vague here just for modesty's sake. But there is a seed, and that seed, the Bible here is saying, is perishable. It's perishable. And the imperishable seed that has brought about our new birth is not like that seed. The seed that has brought about our new birth is the Word of God. It's imperishable. It will never fade away. It is, it is everlasting. It never changes. And by implication, I see, oh, so the natural birth, the, the natural relationships we have in our own biological families is perishable. But the relationship we have as believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ, that is imperishable. And so I believe the Bible teaches here that our relationship that we have with one another as Christians, as believers in Jesus, is more enduring, more of a, of a strong tie than even our own family relationships. I have three children in here. here, Three children that are as closely related to me as possible. And my father is here, and my mother is here, and my grandfather are here. All, all of them are here, and we are a family by blood. We have, we have a, a, a tie that, you know, the old saying is, blood is thicker than water. Well, not according to the Bible. <laughs> not according to the Bible. Water is thicker than blood. And by that I mean the waters of baptism, right? Water is thicker than blood. Our, 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 our new birth, our, our new birth means that my relationship with Jane, my relationship with Jim and Sally and Luke and Christina and everybody here who's a believer in Jesus, my relationship is stronger and more enduring than the relationship that I would have with my own family members who have not trusted in Jesus. That is powerful. That is amazing. That is the power of Jesus working in our lives. And it ought to cause us, and it ought to produce the kind of love for one another that is sincere, and that it is enduring, and it is fervent from the heart. That's what the power of Jesus does. It produces a community that loves one another. We've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. I don't want to pass over this too. We've been talking about the difference between perishable and imperishable seed. That perishable seed he's talking about here is our natural family relationships with biology. Our, the imperishable seed is the fact that we've been born again, we've been made into a new family, but here it tells us we've been born again through the living and abiding Word of God. What did God use to cause us to be born again? He used His Word. He used the preaching of the Word. 
It maybe it it's sitting down and reading a Bible. Maybe it's even sitting down and reading a gospel tract. Maybe you heard a preacher, maybe a friend shared the gospel with you, but whatever it is, it's from his word and it's the word of God that produces faith. It's the word of God that produces the new birth in our lives. And sometimes we get scared maybe in evangelism and we're afraid well, what if I just don't have the right words? We get nervous about sharing the gospel. You know what? We've got to remember, it's not you that does the work. It's not you that produces a new believer. It's the Word of God. So just point to the Word. And God's Word is going to do what it says, it's, he's, what He intended it for. You know, Isaiah 55 says uh, that, that um, the Word of God will not return void. It will always accomplish what God sent it for. And so if we just keep on proclaiming what the Word of God says, He's going to do what he, he promised He would do. And, and how is it that Jesus is going to build His church? Through the proclamation of the Word of God. It's not by fancy gimmicks. It's not by all kinds of... It's not by having a dunk tank and throwing a block party. Although those things might be good to be able to get in contact with people so we can share the Word. But at the same time, the thing that produces new life, the thing that produces a new community that of people who love one another is the Word of God. And then he quotes Scripture. All flesh is grass. All its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower fades, falls. But the Word of the Lord remains forever. He's, he's using this Old Testament passage here that, we, that Jane read to make the point everything fades. Everything dies. It all, like, 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 it's all like grass. Our bodies are like grass. They're, we're going to die and we're going to go in the ground one day. Our biological relationships, they're all going to pass away. But the word of the Lord remains forever. This is not a new concept that Peter's coming up with. This is something that he sees back in Isaiah, the Old Testament. It is, it is an Old Testament concept. The word of the Lord remains forever, and it's the thing that produces new life in us and causes us to love one another. And then finally, he closes with this chapter. Well, I mean, he doesn't close. The editors who put together our English Bibles. End of the chapter here. I think it's a good place to end. And this is the good. This word is the good news that was preached to you. This word, this word that caused faith. This word that causes us to be born again to a living hope. This word that causes us to go from death into life is the word that we preach to you. That the apostles preached. That that the apostles. It's it's. What's in the New Testament? It's the Word that, that has been in our Scriptures for 2,000 years. That, the Gospel, the, the fact that Jesus came from heaven, that He, he it was existent from all eternity as the second person of the Trinity, that He, he became flesh and dwelt among us, that he, he lived a perfect sinless life, that He died as a substitute for our sins, that He took our punishment upon Himself, all of those things, and that He rose from the dead. 
so that our faith and hope are not vain. But we live. We believe in a living Savior, and our hope is a living hope that we can have confidence in, because Jesus rose from the dead. That's the news. That's the news that was proclaimed to us that brought about new life in us. And let's keep going back to chapter to verse three of this chapter. That ought to cause you to praise Him, right? Bless the Lord. Bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's caused us to be born again. He's caused to be born again by the Word that was preached to us. And by that, He has brought us together in a new family, an enduring family. You know, some families, by our biological relationships, just being honest, sometimes they're not that great. Right? Sometimes you got families that are abusive. Sometimes we got families that they do all kinds of psychological trauma to us. The the family that we're born into when we become believers in Jesus ought to be and I believe, in essence, it is, it is a family of love and a family that, that lasts forever and ever. And when we die and we're raised again one day, we're going to cherish and love those relationships that we have with our, each other even more than those relationships we have with our, our lost loved ones. We will love one another and we will, we will be together for 10,000 years and then forevermore, right? Loving one another and praising our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.